Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hello, and welcome to another exciting, scary episode of SSP Now. It's our Halloween special, and joining me... Um, for the first time in what's it been now? Two years. Um, uh, Sean Hardy and his awesome wife Linda. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm I'm not too bad. I'm so like um, I'm I'm kind of like looking forward to a Halloween because I know that I've got to play an open mic next week and I'm not looking forward to that. It's a bit shaky. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's my it's my first Halloween in 15 years that I'm actually not playing a Halloween dance. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, you're going to be home this year. Yeah, I'm going to be home this year. Good. Ah, so you're going to be terrorizing all the kids? Yes. Yes, Good. actually I am. <laughs> yeah. Sacrifice them on the front lawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, my, my cats um, my cats lived and lived, um, survived to live another Halloween. Um, my, my cat Sasha's not been too good, but he seems to be recovering now. Um, and he's all black, so he gets to terrorise the children for another Halloween as well. <laughs> cool. You know, so. Anyway, cool. um, what we're going to do today, folks, um, we're going to talk about um, iconic horror heroes and villains. And uh, we're kind of going to do a top ten. Um, the, Sean and Linda, as always, they're, they're really organised. They have a list. <laughs> Whereas, sort of. as per usual, I have no idea what I'm doing, but as I progressively get more and more drunk, I, I, so I kind of improve. That's okay. Totally. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick things off with, um, with you guys. Um, I'll let you guys uh, toss up about who goes first, but I think you should, I think you should be uh, the gentleman, Sean, and let Linda go. I, I think well, I was going to say ladies first and let Sean go, but... <laughs> oh. uh, my number 10 bad guy is Chucky. Chucky. Mm. Chucky, yeah. He's an evil little boy. He's kind of cool. Yeah. When, yeah. when did you first uh, see that? Um, when it first came out. <laughs> Same that, you know. Have you seen Bride? Have you seen Bride of Chucky? His bride's oh, yeah. pretty hot. His bride's pretty hot. You know, I kind of... Um, I kind of had a bit of a crush on her. <laughs> you know, I like it. I like it when, um, when uh, what is it? She, she uh, says, are, are you, are you going to wear a rubber? And he says, I am rubber. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big fan of dolls. I've never been a big fan of dolls. So even though Chucky kind of became comedic after the first film, um, he's still a pretty cool little doll. No. I don't want one, but, you know, still pretty cool. So who, who is it, Brad Dorff? I have no idea. I think the talk's true. Yeah, it's Brad Dorff who does voice. I didn't get that in depth with my talk, too. <laughs> well, I, right. I, I like Chucky, um, you know, so, like, um, as you say, he got a bit singy after the uh, first film, but, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a really cool, cool, cool vendor. Okay, so then my number ten good guy is Frankenstein. That's a good guy? 
I think so. I mean, Frankenstein was misunderstood. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't like a serial killer or whatever. Like he was, he was just misunderstood. He never went out and hurt people or hacked them up with knives. He wasn't demonically possessed. He so was just the fabrication of a demented scientist who just wanted to have a little friend. So he just needed a shoulder to cry on or something. Something like that. And he threw that little girl in the, in the lake. But he didn't mean to. But he did. But he did. <laughs> but still, I mean, he was misunderstood. You know, I, I really do. I think Frankenstein's a good guy. Yeah, I think yeah. once they found out that uh, he was misunderstood, they forgave him for the whole throwing the little girl to the lake. <laughs> yeah, but I think, um, I think you know, the, the little girl he thrown up into the lake, um, she'd probably grown up to be a corrupt politician. He would have bought misery to <laughs> Minions, so. so he's a good guy because he foreseen that. He, he saw the future and thought, oh, not letting this happen, so he just nobbed her in the lake. There's a few over here that can go in the lake. Alright, so that's my number 10, good and bad. Cool. Um, they're good choices. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so like, um, I'm a bit worried now because I'm, I'm making up as I go along. So. Make a list. <laughs> I haven't had time, but you know, I, I'll think of some stuff and I'll, I always do. Sean, you next because I'm sort of like, um, kind of spinning my wheels here. <laughs> For my, uh, for my bad guy, I went with uh, The Phantom, played by Lon Chaney, 1925, The Phantom of the Opera. Look at you with all the details. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. The thing is, it's it's not a movie that I, I can sit down and, you know, uh, muddle my way through, you know, too often because, you know, it's a, it's a silent film. And some silent films, you know, you, they're artistic and well, that one is too, but it just, you know, it's not something I would watch a lot. But still, I really get the whole Lon Chaney thing. I mean, he used to do things to his face to, to make his face so distorted and everything. Linda's um, <laughs> just sticking her tongue out at me. He, he, uh, and then there, there was no, there was like hardly any makeup, right? He would just, it was just these things that he would do to his face and, and make it terrifying. And apparently the one scene where she rips the mask off and he turns around and he looks at her is one of those scenes. He put like a bunch of stuff in his mouth and everything. And back then, back in the day, it was, um, yeah, it was quite, uh, horrific. Mm. It was, um, yeah, I, I think that's actually a good one. Ron Chaney, um, you're right, you know, he, he, he doesn't really get the props he deserves now. Mm. You know, he's kind of like, um, he's sort of like um, a distant memory um, yeah, now exactly. from exactly. many and people. His son went on to be, you know, the first actor to play the Wolfman, um, mm -hmm. Ron Chaney Jr., which really wasn't his real name. I can't really remember where I thought my head what his real name was, but, but uh, obviously he went under Ron Chaney Jr. to cash. In, but uh, yeah, so yeah, so that's my number 10 for, for the bad guy. Cool. My number 10 for the good guy actually is a girl, Buffy. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's cute. She's cute. Yeah, she's alright. <laughs> I've got, I've got um, a few now. Um, so and my my first choice, and both of these are actually from the same show. Mm -hmm. um, it's a fairly new show. It's only been going for about two years now. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's done by Del Toro, and it's mm -hmm. um, a series called The Strain, and it's based on a series of comic books that I did, and I think he also did a novel. And um, 
and it's basically a, a modern retelling of the vampire myth. So oh, my cool. my my horror villain is the master from mm-hmm. from the strain, um, because basically every vampire he makes, he sort of like he he, he sees and hears everything through them, mm-hmm. and even speaks through them. And mm-hmm. you know, and um, my, uh, my my hero is also from the shit same show, and he's kind of like the Van Helsing type character. Well, he actually uses vampire blood to keep himself um, strong enough to actually fight them because he's close to 100 years old, is Dr. Abraham Satrakian. Oh, cool. And, you know, he's played by uh, Bradley Williams, who played, uh, played the first Doctor in the um, in, in, in the uh, TV movie a couple of years back. All right, um, back to me. Yep. All right, um, my number nine bad guys. i got to say, I, I, I know I'm going to get to slam for this, but little kids kind of creep me out. And my number nine is Gage Creed from Pet Cemetery. Oh, that is sick. one twisted little son of a you-know-what. I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, what was Dad thinking, first of all? I mean, it didn't go so well with the kitty, so obviously it's not going to go too well with the kid. Um, but the scene where he's, I think the guy, he's, he's underneath the bed and the guy puts his feet down and Gage has like the, the scalpel out of the bag and he slices the back of his ankles. Fred, Fred Gwynn is it? From, on the monsters. Oh, he's a scary looking kid anyways. I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, it's just... I think, I think that's who it was. He played a judge in, in that movie. Was the, oh yeah, yes, yeah. But I mean, I mean, that kid plays that role so well mm. for for being such a young age. And I mean, he's it's just total creep, total creepiness. Mm-hmm. And when he then when he finally defeats the little kid, he kind of. <laughs> But when he defeats the, the little kid, I, I remember the scene where he crawls into a corner and he just goes, not fair, no fair, not fair, or something like that. He just crawls into a uh, corner. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie, so the details are sketchy, but it's just, it's it's the eyes, I think. It's just in the expression, and, you know, whoever coached this child at that age and got that performance, I mean, it was brilliant. It really was, and, I mean, it, it scared me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to this day, that's part of the reason why we don't have children. <laughs> you know what, your, your ankle's all hacked up. I don't want to give birth to a gauge creep. Okay, so, good guy is Seth Brundle. Brundle Fly, Jeff Goldblum. Oh. So was he really a good guy? Well, I mean, he started out as a good guy. I mean, he, he wasn't a bad guy. There again, same Frankenstein thing. He didn't go around hatching people. He misunderstood. Just, he just, you know, got into a pod and got zapped and got his DNA all screwed up with a fly, but... You and know, then he some, was still a good guy. And then some mm-hmm. bastard called California SWAT. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. He, he started throwing up on his food. <laughs> I think Jeff Goldblum, I think his performance in that too, I mean, to me, I just feel like it was a little bit underrated. I think he's a little underrated as an actor. He's he's pretty brilliant. In my books, anyways. Back to you, Sean. Okay, so I'm next. Um, my number nine is would be one that's going to be kind of unknown to a lot of people because one of my favorite movies, uh, horror movies, and it's cheesy, but I just love the atmosphere of it, is The Keep. Um, it's uh, 1983. Uh, one of the, the main uh, supernatural dudes in it, his name's Molisar, uh, played by Michael Carter. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, the, like I said, the, the special effects are really cheesy and everything, but the music and that and everything and the, and the feel for it and everything I just love that movie the only part I don't like about that movie is that they kill a dog at the first of it and I'm not crazy about any movies where they gotta hack up animals it just for me it just seems like it's a needless thing but but it's like a cop out but um but that aside I, I love that movie it's um it's like another like a, a D 
de demonic world or something in, inside the walls of the keep and they got these I think it's gold crosses or something that are, it's, it's put in place to keep um, other people out and then you got these Nazis that want that gold but they want to take it out of the wall and then when they do that well then they run into a whole lot of bad business and, and eventually we see Molossar and, and uh, yeah so that's my cool. number nine for bad guys uh, my number nine for good guys is Van Helsing 2004 a lot of people didn't like that movie with Hugh Jackman I absolutely loved it I thought it was a great movie I wasn't, wasn't crazy about the ending of it but um, but um, yeah it's, uh, I, I did I, I liked that movie it was just a, a fun movie mm -hmm. so. good one liners in that movie too mm -hmm. I was kind of um, in the middle of it on it um, I mean I've seen it and I remember seeing it and being a little bit disappointed with it because I've been I've been following all the hype to do with it, and I think um, I think in the final analysis, I, I kind of believed most. I, I was kind of getting into so much of the hype that by the time it came around to watching the movie, I just mm -hmm. couldn't really enjoy myself. Yeah, so. well, look, that's the only thing I seen leading up to it was just the, the couple of the trailers, and I, I I do agree that even with the trailers, the trailers look better than what the movie actually was. But yeah, I just I just went into the movie with you know just looking forward to uh, good fun, and that's what I got. So. Yeah. I just wish Dracula's Brides could have had a longer role in it, a much, much, much longer role. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I, I don't even really remember it that much. <laughs> even, <laughs> even remember the Brides. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite. I'm sitting here saying, oh, yeah, it was, I like that movie and everything. Well, Dracula's Brides, who? <laughs> yeah, but then you made enough of an impression to make it to your list. Whether yeah. you remember, I mean, I've got people on my list that I haven't seen the movies in, in upwards of probably 10 years. Yeah. So watching it would be like a whole new experience. Mm, true. But their performance or their character still was enough of an impact. Impact. It was just fun. Make it, to your lips. it was just fun. Moving on to my uh, top nine, uh, my, my number nine villain and hero. My villain is the uh, Mr. Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. <laughs> now, I just thought that was just sort of like it was a brilliant turn in the film, you know, because it, they, they kind of like pulled it out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> And, and you know that that second movie gets a whole lot of a whole lot of uh, you know a lot of people put it down. Um, but I actually liked the second Ghostbusters movie. I, I wasn't expecting this big genius thing. I mean, most sequels aren't the greatest. I don't know if I've seen that. I must have. I I thought the second one was all right. Um, it was nowhere near. As, uh, as as much of an impact as the first one had um, mm -hmm. but they, they were sort of like meant to be sort of like very light horror comedies so you know and it's kind of hard to tell what people are expecting it's so, sometimes it feels like people are expecting every single movie to be Oscar, Oscar worthy war and peace sort of thing Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, and it's not that. I mean, um, I tell you one thing though. I'm not. I'm not especially looking forward to the new Ghostbusters movie that they're doing. You're not, not looking forward to that. Well, it's, like, it's basically a. It's an all woman cast, mm -hmm. and except for Chris Hemsworth. Well, except Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> but they're probably going to have him play the comic, the comic, the comedic nuts of a yeah, of a himbo. But you know? you know something? If they had him as the receptionist, and you know what would be really funny if they had him acting like the original receptionist. If they had this. <laughs> this big, this big muscular guy with long blonde hair going, they got one! <laughs> I, I, I would laugh my ass off at that stuff. It'd be interesting mm. to see him in that kind of a little Yeah, because it'd be really stretching. Yeah. You could, you, know? you could probably, you could probably do that, you know, you could probably pull that off. 
Um, but you know, it might be fun from the other point of view in that we we know for a fact that Bill Murray is going to make a cameo in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is Dan Aykroyd, and so is Ernie Hudson, and so is uh, Sigourney Weaver. Which um, which kind of suggests to me that they you know they, they and it doesn't we don't know if they're playing the same characters, whether they're spinning this off from the uh, from the second film or not. But it's it's kind it's it's kind of um it's kind of going to be good to see those people again. Um, you in, know, I in, think in I think they can have it both ways. I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, it's, it's been so long and everything, and the second one they're saying is terrible, and they're saying they should reboot this and everything. I, I think you can still kind of reboot it and, and to have a fresh take, and you can still let the original one exist. You know what I mean? You can still you can still have it within the original universe and still reboot it. A lot of people are always saying, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't. Oh, I don't see why you can. Well, you, you know, know what I mean? They, they already have, kind of, because if you look at the Ghostbusters animated series, it's nothing yeah. like the Ghostbusters movie. It's more or less a reboot. Yeah. So they've already done that. And uh, was that by Dick, the Ghostbusters movie? <laughs> well, stuff's done by Dick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, my 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 is the uh, Stay Puffed uh, Marshmallow Man. Um, I, I just loved that moment in the first Ghostbusters movie. It just came out of nowhere, and the amount, yeah, of, dis- like the amount like of destruction it, it wrought as well was was uh, unreal. And my uh, hero, um, kind of, um, it kind of has uh, a loose connection to Van Helsing, as in, it's, you know, the hero that I'm going on about now is played by Kate Beckinsale, mm-hmm. um, is Selene mm-hmm. from the uh, Underworld movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I love those movies. Um, I mean, the, the one that they did, the, the, not the last one, the last one was okay, mm-hmm. but the one they did before the last one where, where, they, where they got a different actress to play a different character... It you know it didn't didn't seem to be that that great, but I think you know the last one that they did, I was just thrilled to see Celine back because I think she just kicks butt. Oh yeah, you know? I, I I haven't seen the last one. I I I seen I seen all the ones before that, but um I heard in the last one because the, the thing that I really liked in the very first one was how they had that guy that became half werewolf, half half vampire, and I thought that was a really cool idea. And and, and the you know at the end when he becomes that, he becomes this like super creature that you almost think that like pretty well take anything on and then they kind of diffuse that in the next next movie or so and, and then I heard in the last one he's not even in it so I thought well you know that's, that was kind of like my favorite part of the favorite part of that whole franchise and I know it's supposed to be based around her but that was kind of my favorite part of the whole franchise like that whole idea of half and half and him being like superhuman it was almost it was almost like um, it's almost like the Matrix um, it's because because the thing is, with The Matrix, the first movie sets him up to be this superhuman, and it's a really cool ending, and it's a really cool premise for the movie. And then, they, in order for them to come along for the second movie, they diffuse that a little bit, and then you kind of think that he's going to have that power at the end of the third. You think that power is going to come out and be prominent, you know, in real life, but it kind of it, well, it doesn't, and it's got the shittiest end. So, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like that. They kind of diffuse that. They build this big thing up as he's like the super, you know, half vampire, half werewolf and the next thing you know they kind of take that away in the next movie or so and it's yeah mm-hmm. I mean I haven't seen I haven't seen the last one so I don't know it, it might be really good if you, if you say it's a good movie I'll, I'll go check it out it's alright you know it's not it's not the greatest it's not as good as the first two mm-hmm. um, you know I, I was just thrilled that they got Kate Beckinsdale back to play Celine um, mm-hmm. I mean the last one is actually set more in, in more, more in the modern day whereas you, the, the previous ones seem to be a lot more sort of like gothic although they're 
sort of in the modern day, they seem to be a lot more gothic and, you know, they almost seem to be in a parallel reality to our own in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, even the, the, the prequel, actually, I had no desire seeing the prequel at all, and I, I caught it on Sci-Fi Channel one night, and I actually liked it. Yeah, I, I thought the prequel was alright, but I just didn't think the uh, the heroine was, you know, the hero character was his, was his, um, was his charismatic or, or his sexy as Celine. Yeah, well, true, very true. Yeah. But yeah, Celine is my, um, is my hero, my number nine hero. So it's back around to Mindra again. You guys have like a whole lot more information than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so my number eight bad guy is from a film. He's, his presence in the film was actually, I would say, not outstanding and yet made such a big impact and became so iconic from that film. And my number eight bad guy is the tall man from Phantasm. Because he did. Like, I mean, there was, did he, did he speak? I don't even think he yeah, spoke. He did. Did yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He went, boy. That's it, yeah. So, I mean, but, I mean, he commanded such a presence in that movie. It was so totally creepy. And, I mean, anybody who sees that movie, I mean, the tall man stays with you for the rest of your life. There was nothing like that movie at the time. No. There was nothing like that. A ball flying through the air with knives coming out of it and drilling through your head and shooting blood at the other side of the, of the ball. There was, there was nothing like that that I know of anyways. And that was, what, 1978, I think. I can't remember. 78 or 79. Yeah. Sound like quick with these. I'm just, there's no discussion at all. I'm just whipping them off. <laughs> so my number eight good guy, gotta love, gotta love this guy. Um, I, I actually kind of fell in love with his acting in Beauty and the Beast, because who doesn't love Vincent? Uh, Hellboy. I mean, he saves kittens. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, portrayed so well. The writing was done so well. The one-liners, the snappy comebacks, and... Just, just an all-around good character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I never thought of, of, of Hellboy as sort of like a... As a good guy, because you guys are thinking, guy. guys no, are thinking never, human. No, no, but I never thought of him as... A, I never thought of Hellboy as sort of like a kind of you know, horror genre, but actually, it, it, it's an action movie, but it is kind of. Oh, well, yeah. It's not mm-hmm. scary scary, but it is, you know, oh, it is but it's got... I, I think it's got horror undertones. Yeah, sure it does, because I mean, he's from Hell. Hellboy. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And and Ron Perlman, as you say, is such a brilliant actor. He is. Um, and another know, one that's underrated for, for what he does. I mean, you know, you, you see him out, you see him out of makeup, and you know, sort of like he um, he, he actually played Clay Marrow in the uh, TV series Sons of Anarchy, and he was kind of like yeah. one of the best characters in that. <laughs> He's yeah. just bringing in that. Well, just in case anybody's curious, Linda is now making another second round of Killer Clowns. This is a drink that she made up. And two years ago when we did a, a special like this... Um, you got hiccups, Sean? <laughs> yeah, what was that? Have you got hiccups? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, two years ago when we did this, we uh, hit the same... <laughs> we had the same... It's the same drink. It's a little different now, though. We had to change the ingredients because you can't get all the stuff. Yeah, you can't get the uh, the maraschino liqueur anymore. Mm -hmm. So we opted for uh, switching the shots. Two shots of vodka, two shots of cherry vodka, and then we've also added a shot of Disarono. Yeah, so what's in the whole drink, just in case everyone... What's in the whole drink? Uh, 
the whole drink. In case anybody wants to make filler clowns, is one shot of tequila, two shots of cherry vodka, one shot of disarono, one cup of tropical passion juice, one cup of sparkling blood orange soda, a dash of lime, and three quarters of a shot of grenadine. Mix it all up over some ice and get drunk. Yummalicious. Oh, that sounds uh, pretty awesome. Mmm, it's, it's, it's good. You don't need many. Yeah, you don't need many, no. So that's your your number eight was that what? was my number eight, yep. Number eight. So it's on to me now, is it? Yep. Okay. My turn. Uh, my number eight is Renfield, played by Dwight Fry in the movie Dracula, nineteen thirty-one. Good evening, master. I'm just gonna have this get off my I know Renfield. Exactly. And, you know, over the years, people got that kind of crossed with the whole Igor thing a little bit. But it was it was Renfield that started that off. And Dwight Fry was, um, you know, he was he was quite the actor back then anyways. He was in, you know, a bunch of horror movies. That he, he was in something else, too. I think he might have been in The Mummy, yeah. I think. And he also he, 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 he got such iconic status that, uh, that Angus Cooper did a song called The Banner yes. of Dwight Fry. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. still one of my favorite Angus Cooper songs to this day. You know, so it's awesome. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's um, Dwight Fry's my uh, number eight for bad guys and pretty nasty, eating those flies and all that stuff. Uh, my number eight for the good is well, you already covered it, Sweeney. My number eight was Sleen. My number eight, uh, bad guy, is uh, Norman Bates, uh, ah. the proprietor of the Bates Motel. Mm. Um, you know, a, seem- a seemingly innocent little inn that holds great danger for any who stop for the night. Bates' <laughs> severe psychological problems make him prone to saying to spying on guests, stabbing them in the shower, and dressing up like his dead mother. Mm, Bates was brought to creepy. justice at the end of the original cycle, one of Hitchcock's best. Well, there you go. That, that's yeah, me. That's, that's me doing my my middle uh, creepy voice. <laughs> yeah, I remember the hearing the the creepy mother, the creepy mother going, Norman, mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a girl? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my number eight uh, hero is Nancy Thompson from A Nightmare on Elm Street, played by Heather Longenkamp. Um, She was in Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 3, and, Mm -hmm. you know, she was pretty kick-ass in both of them. Um, yeah, she was. You know, and um, and I think she was also in 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 the uh, in that kind of like meta nightmare film that that Wes Craven did as well. Yes, she, she yeah, was. You're she, right because she, she was she was playing herself. Yeah, well, Actually, she, yeah, she's playing herself, going going to him and saying, "Look, you know, this uh, creation that you created is actually real." You know, and that's what the, that was that was a brilliant movie, really, when you consider that they were playing everybody, like even Wes, Wes Craven was in it, playing himself. Yeah, at the time when it came out, it wasn't particularly well received, if mm. you remember. But I. I I remember seeing it and quite liking it. I thought it was a pretty well, you know, can ever done, can ever movie. That was actually when it wasn't particularly trendy to do something that was meta. Mm, true. <laughs> but that, that's my uh, that, that's my uh, hero. Is it, is it just me or most of my heroes being kind of like female so far? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've got some women on my list. I've got to them yet. Mm-hmm. That a girl. <laughs> girl power. 
Yeah, I think I think to be honest, though, in, with with the horror genre, there's probably more female heroes than there is male heroes because of, because of the way it's sort of like set up, mm. you know. Yeah, and I think it's it, you know open to interpretation as well as you know because I've got so like you know you guys kind of like Frankenstein and Seth Rundle, it's like oh, those are good guys. It's like oh well, yeah, depends on how you look at it. Mm. All right, so over to me for number seven. My cool. uh, number seven, we're going to go back to Buffy, and my number seven bad guy, I struggled to whether to put Spike on my good guy list or my bad guy list, but I settled with number seven on my bad guy list. Because the thing is, he kind of personifies the whole bad boy, even though I think he down Spike was actually, once he took the layers off, he was pretty good-hearted, but he was a kick-ass bad guy, and he's kind of hot. I have a question, okay? Well, when I when I found out that you actually was not English, that didn't have an English <laughs> accent, I, I was surprised because I thought he was quite convincing. So, talking to somebody that's from England, did he did he actually do a good job with, with the accent? I don't know. I've not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I don't know. I've not seen the film, so. Oh, no, I mean the, the, the TV show. TV show, yeah. Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. James Masters. Oh, James Masters. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Yeah, I, 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 I remember. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I kind of lost track of what you're talking about for a while. I actually thought, I actually thought he was actually a Cockney for the longest looking time. I thought it was a Cockney, so. Yeah, I actually thought he was British. Okay, well, that answers my question. <laughs> yeah. But, but he, he was kind of like, you know, he, he, he wasn't Dick Van Dyke Cockney. Oh, you know, yeah, okay, he's, yeah. He's sounding like a proper Cockney. Okay, well, yeah, because I always, I always thought he was English. <laughs> that was a good one, he did <laughs> Well, I, I was momentarily, I had a momentary lapse of attention because I was, I, I saw like, I was looking at my list. <laughs> I'm just going to take another swig of this beer here, I think. <laughs> Alright, my number seven good guy is actually two good guys. It's the Frog Brothers from The Lost Boys. Cool, good choice. Cool. That's all I got. I mean, you know, it was, it was a good movie. They were, I don't know, it's just, they were fun and oh, I can't even breathe right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's too bad that Corey Haim couldn't, couldn't overcome his demons that he had with... Because, I mean, even though number two and number three, I didn't mind them. They weren't, like, the world's best movies, but, you know. Something like the first one, though. But, you just can't touch the first one. Well, Corey Haim was in the very ending, I think, of the sec second one. Mm -hmm. It was just sort of like a cameo, but it would have been nice if he could have been, like, in it. Yeah. But apparently there was some problems on set or something, or drug problems or something. But, yeah, yeah I, watched the, I watched the second one, and that kind of put me off going ahead with the third one. The third um, one's actually better than the second one. So, I, the only one I actually own on DVD is the first one, the original, and I revisit that one once once every every couple of years, because it's such a good film. So are we on to me? Are we here? Yes, now I we're on to Number seven? Okay. Number seven bad guy is the Leprechaun from <laughs> Leprechaun, played by Warwick Davies of Star Wars fame. Um, yeah, but you've yeah. got to remember, it's for, you know, sort of like uh, people from the south, south, south of England, uh, it's Warwick Davies. Oh, Warwick. Warwick. Okay. You know, it's all like, uh, it's basically, you got saying like Jonathan Wass, it's Warwick Davis. 
Well, it's good that you can correct that. You're over where it's at, and I'm over here in Nova Scotia, Canada, so we're like, I don't know how many thousand miles apart. All right, well, anyway, yeah, is it, uh, what was the one scene, that, the best scene where he, he uh, the guy's got a sore leg or something, and, and uh, the leprechaun runs along, and he kicks him in the leg, and he goes, hey, how's the leg, or something yeah, like that. Everybody has a leg. Everybody has a leg. But there's, there's I mean, it's, well, what was there? There was uh, Leprechaun, nineteen ninety three. Leprechaun two, nineteen ninety four. Leprechaun three, nineteen ninety five. Leprechaun four in space, nineteen ninety six. Leprechaun Back to the Hood, two thousand three. Leprechaun in the Hood, two thousand. Yeah, that's kind of backwards a bit. Wow, you know I've not actually seen the Leprechaun movies. Well, no, you've never seen any of them. I've never seen any of them now. Well, I'm not really missing out there because I never really, I don't really <laughs> rate Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Yeah, she don't really you know, turn my crank either, but mm. but uh, yeah, but the Leprechaun movies are they're, they're sort of like the old Chucky thing, you know. It's it's, it's uh, and there was a rumor there at one point that they were going to have a movie Leprechaun versus Chucky. That would have been cool. Mm. Yeah, I I I, I would have put um, I would have put my money on Chucky in that one. Yeah, yeah, I, but think, I think Chucky would win that one. The Leprechaun's got magic. <laughs> yeah, but Chucky just won't Chucky just won't die. <laughs> true. True. And, and the leprechaun can turn himself into a Ewok. Me, too. <laughs> Those suckers are vicious. They're cannibals. And yeah, and if you remember, they're going to spit roast the uh, Hang Air and Chewie, weren't they? Well, Han and Chewie and, and, and Luke. In, in, Chewie in, would have been Chewie. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Chewie would have been pretty tough. <laughs> Chewie. <laughs> Well, anyways, that's my number seven bad guy. My number seven good guy is uh, Alice, played by Amelia jo- Jovovich. I can't pronounce that. Resident Evil, anyways. Everybody uh, knows Resident Evil. Minga Jovovich, I think, yeah. is how it's yeah. announced. Um, um, I like the first three or four movies, but there again, it's the same thing. It got her all built up to this this superhuman thing, and then they the next movie come along and diffused it. Because really, there was nowhere else for it to go. Yeah. Or superhuman, right? It's like mm-hmm. I prefer the games. Never played them. The, 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 fir- the first Resident Evil game when it came out on PlayStation Two was awesome. Oh, cool. It was on like the, it was kind of like um, it kind of defined a whole new genre in in, mm-hmm. in video games. It was it was mm-hmm. uh, you know it was that groundbreaking and um, you know as, as a gaming series it's is uh, is pretty good. I mean it's had its up and up and down spots and been reinvented several times by now. It's a bit like reinvented the uh, Tomb Raider games recently, mm-hmm. but you know cool. and I and I. I prefer the games and I, I, I tried to watch the first movie but just couldn't get into it because you know my, my, my mind was too far up my up my own arsehole in the game <laughs> I'm not I'm not really to be honest with you I'm not too crazy with the first one it was it was okay the second one was a little better but I thought like the third and the fourth was I mean, even though they were kind of ridiculous they were like I said I, I just I just like this whole you know good guy just going out and killing the shit out of all the badness I, I love movies like that okay. Okay, well, is it number seven we're on now? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a seven or six. Seven. Ian's seven. Ian's seven. Yeah, sorry. Okay, well, my number seven uh, bad guy is the shark from Jaws. Ah. Um, I know what Ninda's going to say here. She's going to say, but the, sh- but the shark's a good guy. He's just misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
But you know, I, I, I you know, I, I just um, that that shot just got more and more ridiculous <laughs> as the movies progressed, and you know, I, I, I'm still not even sure if it's the same shark in all the movies because they seem to have they seem to pretty much had it to rights in the first one. Yeah, well, the best the best part about about the whole first one is the fact that you didn't get to see the shark. It was it was the whole classic you know uh, creature in the closet that you don't see. It was using your own imagination. That that's what scared the mm, shit out of yeah. you. For, from for most of the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. and the score as well. Dunna, mm, dunna. Mm. Yeah. I mean, everybody who swims at the beach has that music playing in their once they get out past their hips. Absolutely. <laughs> My and father used to see that in me when I was 10 years old. I haven't been to the beach since. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my uh, my number seven... Is it number seven still? It is, isn't it? Number seven, yeah. My number seven good guy is uh, Samuel Loomis from Halloween. Um huh? Played by... Dr. Loomis. Yeah, played by Donald Pleasance. Um, Donald Pleasance. But, you know, he, he kept coming back in, you know, in pretty much in most of the uh, early Halloween movies and mm. you know you kind of like the psychologist psychiatrist or psychologist that you know kind of looked after Michael Myers when he was in in institution sort of thing yeah. and you know I, I, I kind of liked his character although his character was always by and large ignored by the authorities they, did, they didn't really actually listen to what this guy had to say um, even though what the guy had to say made a lot of sense and he, 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 would, he would probably capture uh, Michael Myers but to be honest Michael Myers had been shot eviscerated <laughs> run over and, and and just continually kept getting back up anyway so it was kind of like a mute point but I just kind of liked the character exactly and I mean you know you know when Donald Pleasance I, I don't know if, I think he was like in the fourth one or something the last one he was in he was pretty well knocking on Kevin's door um, but by the last one that he was doing you would think when he'd give the cops the warning and say this guy's bad news you'd think they'd look back at the previous movies and go ah shit he's right <laughs> we, we tried to ignore this guy in one two and three but man this guy's killed a lot of stuff there are a lot of people now so uh, we gotta listen to this guy <laughs> mm-hmm so that's my number seven, you know, uh, good guy. I, I, you know, I, I just loved Donald Pleasance. I thought he was a brilliant actor. Oh, he's a great uh, actor. Yes, you know. I, mean, I think he was in a movie, a sci-fi movie. I think it was uh, the Fantastic Voyage. Yep. I think, I think he was in, and he was he was really good in that too. Yeah, he, I mean, he was in a, like a lot of other horror movies, and yeah, great. Fantastic yeah. actor. Yeah, and he was also fantastic in The Great Escape. Um, he played the uh, forger that went blind and, mm. and ended up, end up getting shot. And that's such a touching, touching friendship throughout that film between him and uh, James Garner's character. You know, so yeah. it's just a, just a cracking exactly. film. So that's my number seven good guy. So it's back over to you, Linda. All right, my number six bad guy is actually a bad woman. Mm. Um, Carrie White's mother. Mrs. White. Mm. She was not a nice lady. She wasn't your typical bad guy, you know, that people think of in mm. movies. But she, she was a villain in that movie. She was, you know, mm. abusive with her daughter, locking her up and preachy and neglectful. And but you, you know why that's so scary? Because that really does happen when it comes yeah. to... You know, it's not some dumb. people do, children, do treat with their children in some manners that are related to that. So. Well, especially when it comes to religion. It's not, it's not you know, dumping down on anybody's religion or anything, but there's a lot of people that are so diehard about their religion that they 
actually end up abusing their kids mm -hmm. because of it. Yeah. Um, my number six good guy is a team as like my number seven. Um, best friends, Roger and Eddie from Trick or Treat. You can't have one without the other. You can't have Roger without Eddie. Cool. Trick or Treat, yes. yes. That's uh, had Ozzy in it. It had uh, Gene Simmons in it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's, that's just a fun movie. It is a fun movie. It's, you know, underrated again. Um, and, and Roger was played by none other than Glenn Morgan of... Uh, you know, Space Above and Beyond and Final Destination fame. Which married... Kristen Clark Morgan. Which is on your Facebook. Which is on my Facebook. Who is on my Facebook? Not which is. Mm -hmm. I'm she, the witch. Maybe she's a witch too. Well, yeah. she might be a witch. I don't know. She seems very nice. But then I'm a nice witch. Yeah, happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> So your, your your good guy now was... Um, was Roger and Eddie. Roger and Eddie. Yeah, get, getting back to, to Trick or Treat. Yeah, mm -hmm. Roger and Eddie. I mean, they, they were just... A, they were an amazing team. And like you said, it was just fun. And yeah, the guy who played the main bad guy in that, he's, um, he was a dancer. I think he died of AIDS mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he did a good job. What, what was the creature's name in that? Ezix. Ezix. Not many people know that. <laughs> but you, I think it was, what, what was it, Angoria or something? Yeah, you... and actually the uh, makeup artist that created Skeezix for that movie is uh, Kevin Yeager. And he is actually the guitar player that gets sucked into the amplifier. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, my number six bad guy is Frankenstein's monster played by Boris Karloff. Uh, yeah, he's misunderstood. Uh, we were just talking about him, so Linda Adam is a good guy. I am a bad guy. Uh, yeah, 1931, uh, and then he was in Friday Frankenstein, 1935, and then he was replaced by, I can't remember who it was, the third one, but uh, yeah, a lot of people, you know, we were talking earlier about how sequels aren't as good as like what the original is, but a lot of people say Bride Frankenstein was actually better than Frankenstein. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, whether you whether you consider him to be misunderstood, good guy, bad guy, whatever, um, it, was, it was still really good. Uh, Bela Lugosi uh, uh, passed on on that character because there was no there was no uh, dialogue, but Boris Karloff come along and took it, and look what he did just with, you know, facial expressions and stuff or whatever. I mean, you know, it's one of the most memorable, you know, monsters today. So, cool. yeah. That's a good choice. That's your that's your villain is Frankenstein the monster that's my villain yeah my, my, I think uh, I think Christopher Lee's interpretation of the monster was was probably one of the best in in the, in, in the Christopher Lee Frankenstein film yeah see Christopher Lee can pretty well do anything could yeah you know, it's, he could. Um, and he just died last year didn't he yeah. it was only this year actually it was sad oh was it okay yeah he didn't even get he didn't even get a mention in the um, in, in the uh, Emmys they, they kind of missed him off the um, off, off the people that died so Frankenstein's your number six villain your number six good guy yep and my number six good guy is by Roddy McDowell from the movie Fright Night 1985 cool. um, I just thought that was so cool that he was like uh, playing on TV this vampire hunter and, and then you know these vampires appear in real life and, and then these guys seek him out for help and he's he's trying to help him out to like kill vampires in real life just because he's an actor on TV right mm. that's pretty cool mm -hmm. yeah the remake of Frank Knight was, was pretty good it wasn't, it wasn't anywhere near as fun as the first as, as the original but it was it was pretty good and mm -hmm. um, but you know they had David Tennant play the role that um, that that Matt Dowd played sort of thing mm -hmm. and uh, the, the, the spin on it in in the new one was that he was actually he was actually a magician um, um, and, and vampire hunter 
want only did it for real. <laughs> sort of thing. Um, so basically, it's uh, my number six now, um, and my number six Vingen uh, is um, Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> from the uh, from the movie Silent Night, or the Silent Night is I think he's called Santa Bob, if I remember correctly, and he's played by Donald Logue. Um, Silent Night, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, the police force of a remote midwestern town search for a killer Santa Claus who is picking off citizens on Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's one of these sort of like uh, comedy horror films where Santa Claus is is is, is an out and out badass. Um, it's, it's a it's a fun movie. Uh, Malcolm McDowell's in it. Uh, Jamie King, Donald Logue. It's got a pretty it's got a pretty good cast in it. Um, you know, for, for the sort of thing, and it's um, it's worth checking out. So that's the uh, that's my villain and my number uh, my number six uh, hero is um, also from Jaws. It is uh, Martin Brody, made by Roy Schneider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he was kind of like um, the the shark slayer in the first two movies, and um, again, it's another one of these you know heroic characters where. He knows the shit's gonna hit the fan, like the like like the guy in Halloween. He knows the shit's gonna hit the fan, knows the shark's coming and stuff like that. And yet the authorities mm-hmm. don't listen to him. Yeah, <laughs> same old, same old. yeah it's kind of, kind of like a recurring theme. <laughs> and then when the shit get, hits the fan, he gets the blame. You know, you, you know. I just felt that you know Roy Schneider was you know bringing actor for that, mm, and you yeah. know. It was probably probably the role that so like you know arguably maybe defined his career mm. sort of thing. Uh, so that's my uh, number six uh, good guy. So it's over to uh, Linda with her number five villain and hero. Number five bad guy is actually a bad girl. Um, Ooh, I like Claudia. A bad girl. Claudia from Interview with Vampire, played by Kristen Dunst. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant acting on her part. Mm. Um, And what was she, about 12? I think so. And I mean, you know, just total 12-year-old temper tantrums and bloodthirsty and you know it's it's kind of on one hand she's you know it, it's hard with vampires to kind of say good guy bad guy because initially i think like deep down a lot of the characters of, of vampires are actually kind of like good guys but have turned bad or have been turned bad and you know you got tom cruise you got brad pitt antonio Banderas, and then you've got this little girl who just completely steals the whole show and that's the thing too because i mean she was she was nobody she was she was like like an unknown basically <laughs> she, yeah, at that point and she was amongst all these acts like and she uh, was brilliant like powerhouse absolutely brilliant yeah. and, and a powerhouse yeah. in her own terms because that performance was because what you outstanding. would well, what you would expect you'd expect like a little 12 year old to come along come along and you'd think okay hopefully she can at least hold her own she did more than hold her own holy crap because i remember when you and i first seen that we said wow what a brilliant little actress exactly that's i mean when i saw that movie um you know certainly coming away from that movie her performance was what was outstanding the most Mm -hmm. to me and you know total badass so your number your good guy number five good guy okay just get it over with just both slap your foreheads now because you're going to be like oh my god that's not a bad that's not a good guy that's a bad guy my number five good guy not based on the movie based on the second movie is Candyman. Oh, okay. Tony Todd. You're choosing Candyman as a good guy? I told you, slap your forehead and get it over with. Well, I haven't seen the second Candyman movie, so I couldn't possibly comment. Well, 
Well, see, mm-hmm. the, the first Candyman you're thinking total bad guy, obviously. But the second, the sequel to that actually dives into his story more mm. as to how he became who he was and how he became the Candyman. And then you realize, like, what a good guy he really was starting out. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it's not the, you know, it's not movie one Candyman, it's movie two Candyman for my good guy. Okay. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's still a bad guy, he's still ripping people apart, but still. He's just, <laughs> he's just doing it in a nice way. He's just doing, way. He's doing it in a nice way. You know? yeah. But I mean, it really dives into his, like I said, his character. It's more about him than the actual. Um, I mean, the first one is all about the, the legend and, you know, the urban folklore. Mm. And the second one dives into how that story evolved and how it became the legend and the folklore. Ooh. And it's brilliant. I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. A cool one, Actually, I think I, I think I've actually seen that movie. Mm. <laughs> I, think, right. I think I have, but it was a long time ago. Like you just don't like mm. one knows that that's not not really stuck stuck with me too much. I guess because I've seen so yeah. much other shit. No, I just love Tony Todd. It's Clive Barker. I mean, yeah. Clive, Bar- Clive Barker did Hellraiser. Clive Barker did you know Nightbreed. Um, what else was he known for? Uh, Lord of Illusion. Rawhead Rex. Rawhead Rex. Yeah, he oh. did a lot of stuff. Alright, over to you. Over to me. Bye. My number five for the, well, this will be quick because you already picked them. The Tall <laughs> played by Angus Scrim, I guess that's how you pronounce it. Phantasm, 1979. Um, yeah, everything that Linda said uh, before, you know, the whole him and, you know, uh, walking down the, the corridors and what that ball's flying through the air and everything and having a gateway to hell and all this stuff and how Phantasm was, a, you know, one of a kind of movie. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess we've said everything about the tall man. No, we could, well, we could say more, I guess. But... Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your tall man. And that's all right. You, 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 you can you can have my tall man. <laughs> I, I'm ringing. <laughs> it's almost like we live together or something. So my number five for good person is Ripley from the Alien movie. Yes, in Alien Two and Alien Three, four, I'm five, eight. six thousand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's another thing too. At, at that time, it was an unknown thing to have uh, somebody like you know the woman of the crew be the only survivor, and not only that. Back in the second movie, just kick ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, t- talk about a, a, a you know a hero that's that's going to fight evil and everything. I mean, different ways of bringing her back. And even though some of the sequels, I wasn't too terribly crazy, but uh, um, still, you know, she still pretty well kicked ass in almost every one of them. And yep. uh, yeah, great movies. Yeah, the first two were. Um, I didn't really think much of Alien Three. Yeah, yeah you know, so I kind of stopped watching after three. Um, mm. But you know, also uh, Sigourney Weaver, you know, in, in Taking on that role, she kind of opened the uh, opened the door for um, a lot of other kick-ass female roles in, mm-hmm, in, in, in science fiction and fantasy and horror. Because before that, you know, so like uh, you know, you had you had the you know, women were mainly so like uh, relying on the males to save them and and stuff like that. And Dion Arden in Flash Gordon, uh, the mm-hmm. original. Although in in, in the um, in the ride up for that character, she was supposed to be really smart and well educated and stuff like that, but somehow um, she still needed saving. Um, but that kind of changed when 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 Ripley came along and, and, and stuff like that. So um, we're on to number five now. So yeah, five for you, I think. Five for me, and then it's four. Okay, well number five for me, Vingen. Uh, <laughs> good math. <laughs> Number five for me, villain is uh, Damien Fawn from the Omen movies. Um, 
um, just creepy as hell. You know, and 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 I just think the kid in the first film was awesome. I'm talking about the original film, not the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the uh, the teenage guy that they got playing in the second film was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And and then you got Sam Neill in the third film, who, who was pretty. Um, to be honest, once you got Sam Neill, he wasn't as scary as the kid. Yeah. To be honest. He, he, yeah. he's, he, you know, he gave it a certain amount of gravitas, and he, he, he was kind of, but he was nowhere near as frightening as the, uh, as a kid in the first one. Who um, somehow innocently, you know, talks these Dobermans into uh, eviscerating the housemaid, or, or, or sort of like pushing her off the top of the building, sort of thing. It was done with such subtlety in the first one. When I was growing up, I mean. We, we didn't go to the movies. We went to the drive-in. And my mother didn't like horror movies, but my dad absolutely loved science fiction and, and the horror. And so I just got packed up in the car and <laughs> I was just there for company for dad, I guess. And I got, I, he took me to see all these horror movies. So I was in the vicinity of 10 to 12 years old going to see The Exorcist, Carrie, The Omen, Jaws. You know, it, it's a wonder I turned out the way I did. Or no wonder. Who knows? But, you know, when you when you see them at that age compared to, let's say, had I have seen it when I was 17 or 18, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. Well, my number five um, good guy... And then just took our uh, Linda to get onto her number four pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Is a uh, Clarice Starling from The Silence of the Lambs. Clarice. Yes, it's a. Uh... I prefer Jodie Foster's take on it to mm-hmm. Julianne Moore. Yeah, um, I agree. And you know, to be honest, I prefer that first film. Although the 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 actual real original Silence of the Lambs film predates it, was actually Manhunter, which was a TV movie, which was okay. actually better. Um, but I thought Jodie Foster was absolutely brilliant in that role, and I was really gutted that she couldn't come back to play it in the uh, in the sequels mm. kind of thing because you know, while, while Julianne Moore is really good. Um, she just didn't really, I didn't really buy her as Clarice Sterling. She didn't fit the part. She didn't really fit it. She was a fantastic actress, but she just didn't fit the part. Yeah, you know, it's like one of those, um, it was kind of a miscasting, but I suppose they, you know, they had no one else and, you know. Mm, true. But I thought she was such a complex, you know, heroic character and, you know, the relationship that, you know, Hannibal strikes up with her throughout is sort of like really dark and disturbing and I'm surprised she didn't go completely and utterly insane and start killing people herself. <laughs> Okay, so my number four bad guy is a woman, Annie Wilkes from Misery. Oh! She is one nasty lady. The the, the nasty thing about her is that she's she's justified to herself. Oh, absolutely. She thinks she's a good person. Everything everything she does, she just misunderstands. He just misunderstood. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I don't get this. Annie Wilkes is a bad guy, and yet Frankenstein's a good guy. <laughs> you know, and, and she cauterized his heat in the book. I mean, I don't, did she do that in the movie? Oh, she broke him. She broke his Yeah, she hobbled, she, she, yeah she, she hobbled him. She basically... She hobbled him, yeah. That, that in looked, the book, though, she actually cuts his I think it's worse, though, getting whacked. And then she... Because there's so much blood, she's she runs for the blowtorch because she has to cauterize the wound. Oh, I mean, the, the book was just, and the movie did it. Actually, did do it some justice. Mm-hmm. It really, really did. But you know, a total psycho to lock up this, you know, 
her hero and mm-hmm. uh, you know lock him in a room and totally disable him so that you know treat his injuries. Oh, I used to be a nurse, but actually, you know, she's making him worse. And I and I and I mean, as a woman, I can kind of get that because you know if Chris Hemsworth goes off the road outside my house. Just giving you the heads up. <laughs> You're taking him, right? I'm taking him. <laughs> You're gonna take that boy down. <laughs> the other thing too is that about the character that you pick. They don't just make her into a psycho. They they give different dimensions to her character because at one point she just walks in the room and it's raining or something and she's all depressed. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. It's showing that she's just you know I'm just sad. You know, and it, it, mm. it just shows like a different side of her. It's not just you know. Well, I mean, her. she was she was all you know she was. Uh, she lived alone. She was wrapped up in her world, and you know, she she lived vicariously a life through misery in the books. And then when he killed misery off, it was almost like he was ending part of her life. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was just it was you know Stephen King, and I mean I, I like Stephen King. I was a big Stephen King fan at one point. I, I still am for some of the older work that he's done. I'll, I won't take that away from him. But uh, you know, the, the movie really led to the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kathy Bates, who played the role of Annie Wilkes, oh, she was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still sort of like, uh, it's still quite vivid when she hobbles him in my head when I see that. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you know, it's just uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, that's a really good choice. Although, um, you know, I think you should retract your Frankenstein as as a <laughs> as a good guy. You know, on the base that you know Andy Wilkes is misunderstood and Frankenstein's misunderstood. It's all like it's it's kind of like a double standard you got going on here. <laughs> yeah, well, it's my standard. So it's my list. <laughs> all right. So my number four good guy is kind of not really a good guy per se. Like they didn't battle um, the throes of evil, but they were just a good character in the movie, and that's Babette from Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. She's just this little girl who wants to go out and play, and then you know the sun comes up and mom can't reach her, and she's you know deforming into this almost kitten-like creature. And I and I think that's kind of the pull for me because you know we all know how much I love kitties. Mm-hmm. So it's just, but yeah, Babette was so cute. So mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, Nightbreed's a, a great movie too. Yeah, they were misunderstood. <laughs> they were misunderstood creatures. Yeah. Yeah, and that actually the bad guy that was in that movie was uh, David Cronenberg, which is known for doing all the horror movies, like directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but he ended up playing that. But actually he, was acted. Kind of, he was a really good bad guy in that. Yeah, yeah. and I've got, I've got to admit, by you know Cronenberg movies, uh, my favorite movies that he did were the Scanners films. Oh yeah, I love Scanners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know all three of those films are just fantastic. <laughs> Enough. Yeah. Are we on to me? On to you for number four. I, my number four uh, <coughs> bad guy was uh, a good guy for Linda again again, <laughs> which is Candyman. He's my bad guy. 1992, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, uh, Tony, Tony Todd just really sells that. I think it would just be another movie if it wasn't Tony Todd. Absolutely. You know, he, he really sells that character. It's, it's uh, with the sound of his voice. The which, voice. His voice just, yeah. That's actually his voice, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. It's, uh, so anyway. But I mean, and, and the other thing, too, like, as far as, like, Candyman, the, the first one, Bad Guy, I think it resonates with a lot of us because we all have our own urban legends in our areas where we live, you know, like the monkey's paw or whatever. But, you know, we all have, like, we've got the 
stories around here. You know, people have committed suicide, or people have died on bridges, and mm. you know. Um, and there's those urban legends in every small community across the world. Mm. So you know, he really sells that urban legend yes, and folklore in the first yeah. one. Uh, my number four is uh, actually Ian is one of yours, mm -hmm. Doctor Loomis. Cool. So, like, I guess we're not talking too much about that. So, it's 1978, Halloween. Um, yeah, so, we already uh, covered that, so I'll pass them along. Okay, well, my number four, and they're both from the same movie, or, well, the same movie franchise, um, is um, Vingen Stripe from, from Gremlins. Ah, <laughs> right on. The, the first charismatic uh, Gremlin leader... Uh, who, who, um, you know, eventually is killed off by being thrown into a water fountain as he's, as he's about to re reproduce, um, and, um, he's basically killed by sunlight in the end. Mm. Um, you know, thanks to, uh, thanks to the heroic, um, yet ever so cute and, uh, more reliable and, uh, more awake than, than, than the human, uh, Heroes in the film, Gizmo. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I've, I've never really sat down and actually watched all of Gremlins. I've watched little pieces and everything. I've never actually sat down and watched the whole movie. Oh, they're, they're fantastic and fun films. <laughs> mm. That's my number four, Vin and and, uh, and Good Guy. You know, and they're, they're both not human, so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so moving right along then, my number three dead guy is um, British Wolford actor, and yet we've kind of claimed fame to him, is Kiefer Sun as David in The Lost Voice. Good choice. He, you know, badass leader of the little gang, bad gang, and, and you know, leader of the vampires, and misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, and we've discussed the Lost Boys, so I won't we'll say it long. But it was, you know, it was a good role, and it was a fun movie, and it just it became almost epic. Yeah, it was like a cult. Yeah, cult classic. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then uh, my number three good guy is a girl and total ass kicker, Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween. The woman knits. Come on. <laughs> You always have to take knitting needles when you're babysitting. Or getting attacked by a serial killer. Or getting attacked by a serial killer. But I mean, she, there again, opened um, a lot of doorways, as did um, Sigourney Weaver. Um, for for women to play the role of ass kicker, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, instead of being this faint little oh that needs to be rescued by the man kind of character, and, and I, I what's not to love about Jamie Lee Curtis? She just she just totally rocks. Uh -huh. And yeah, it's you know it's kind of funny because when she was carrying knitting needles with her, you know, I think I never really had an image of uh, of a of a young woman. Uh, you know, knitting. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like it just then. You know, to me, um, knitting is is sort of like usually something like your mum would do or or your granny. <laughs> sort of like. Yeah, my friends probably all made fun of her because she knit, knitted and everything. But you know, they should have had the knitting needles because they all got knocked off. All but Jamie because she had the knitting needles. Mm -hmm. She was a knitting needle ninja. <laughs> she was. Yeah. And good choices. Um, so it's now now your number three pick is in it, Sean. Yeah, over to you. 
My number three for the bad guy is Pennywise, played by Tim Curry in 1990. I watched that um, a little bit of it, uh, not too terribly long ago. I think it was like last year. It didn't really stand up all that well at the time, but you know something? Uh, Pennywise is still scary, and it's and it's the same thing with every Stephen King movie. The first the first half is it's usually two parts. The first half is usually pretty good. The second half is usually the letdown because it is. You know, you got Tim Curry as you know. Pennywise, and you're going, oh wow, there's going to be this big, you know, uh, face off the second night. They turn them into a big giant plastic spider and they kill them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's my number three, and my number three for good guy is. Drum roll, please. <laughs> There it is. And we already talked about the Frog Brothers. Number three. Played by Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander. And Jameson Newlander actually came back in. I don't know if it was the second one or third one for the. He might have even been back in maybe both of them. I'm not sure. I can't remember now. But yeah, Lawrence always 1997. And I guess we don't need to talk too much about that because we already covered it. Um, that's my number three. Starting to repeat now. Yeah, now we're starting to repeat. Yeah. Now, 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 now we're really starting to repeat. Uh, okay. Uh, so it's my number three now. Okay. Well, my number three. Um, we've kind of not really talked about too much because most of the emphasis has been on uh, his creation, but my number three is Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Oh, good choice. You know, you know something like um, the, the audacity that um, a scientist would assume to play God and, mm-hmm. you know, use the spare parts of, um, of dead human beings to, to, to recreate life is it, ki- kind of frightening, and it's, and it's more frightening to the day in in that we, we we can now actually do this with science you know we can you know alter genetics we can we've cloned a sheep and yeah and stuff like mm. that and um you know we got you know we're getting to a point now where we can do pretty advanced robotics as well so True enough. you know and i mean in, the, in that original movie too a lot of people get it mixed up because when they they see the title frankenstein they think, oh, this is this is named after the monster. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, they're calling it Frankenstein. It's named after the after you know the character that's creating them. So. Yeah. So that's my uh, that's my uh, Vingen, uh, my number four Vingen, or is it number three? We're on now. Number three. It is number, number three. three. Okay, and my uh, number three hero. Um, is um, the character of Seth Gecko f- uh, from the movie From Dusk Till Dawn, made by George mm-hmm. Clooney? Um, George Clooney. Yeah, so kind of a psych, psych, psychopathic <laughs> criminal, <laughs> you know. But you know, the um, and just thought that those movies, those, those initial From Dusk Till Dawn movies, were just so much fun. Yeah, and, the um, first one you don't even really come and it, it's not till the end of the movie that it becomes a vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like it's this movie about, you know, them escaping or something, or I can't remember, I've never seen it for so long, and it's not till they get right at the end where they get into the bar and it becomes a vampire movie. Yep. Um, and the, the recent done a series on Netflix of it, and, um, you know, I, I'd rather watch the movie. I, I watched the first couple of episodes of the series, and I've got to say, I'd rather just watch the movie. Yeah, there's just so much out there right now. It, it, it's got to be really good in order to make you invest time to watch it. Mm-hmm. Are we down to number two? Yeah, we're down to number two. All right. Scary. Number two. My bad guy is Sammy Kerr from Trick or Treat. I know we've already talked about the movie and the franchise and everything else about franchise, but um, yeah, just, you know, total bad ass rock and roll dies in a hotel fire and then, you know, comes back to life 
and uh, you know, one wants Eddie to be his minion and speak him through and make no record and go backwards. You know, we all did that when we were, you know, in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, that's my yes. And this is actually going to be really, really short and sweet because my number two good guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not actually not going to be who my number two good guy is because I first Sean's bubble enough tonight, and I know that it's going to be on Sean's list. So I'm going to let Sean talk about it. So, I'll move over to you for your number two. My number two? Yeah. All right. Right. Is he, is, does, he, does this happen to be number two on John's list as well? Oh, I have no idea, but I know he's <laughs> going to be on the list somewhere. And it's either number two or number one. So. <laughs> okay. Well, my number two is Sean Bubble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right, so and they they did too, but uh, yeah, I think Hellraiser three could have been so much more, but it's kind of just locked away from what the story was in number two, and it just it was kind of a letdown. Yeah, so. you know the Hellraiser movies were really weird though, weren't they? Because they kind of had this uh, sadomasochistic sexual sort of connotation to Mod Webfrey. It wasn't really a connotation; it was pretty much right in your face. Well, exactly, and that's, that that was Clive Barker because Clive Barker, from what Linda tells me, he writes like that. Everything is all very sexual, and very some of it, yeah. You know, very um, very yeah. fantastical. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't so much say it is. I mean, some of it's sexual, but it's it's fantastical. Like your favorite books by Clive Barker, absolutely. Hands down, we've world best book in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she'll read it over and over and over and yep. over. So we go on my number two good guy. Number two good guy. My number two good guy would be now. Here's the thing: I've never knew that. I never knew that this was his name. Everybody just calls him by his real name, which is Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> and they live because I mean, you know, it's just like he's kick ass and chew bubble gum, and he's all out of bubble gum. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, but, but, he passed away earlier this year as well. So yeah, another great yeah, one. But I mean, they, they live is is oh, that is an awesome movie. And it's you know apparently his his character was Nada and ADA, um, mm -hmm. but anyways yeah um, yeah I, I totally love that movie especially he sticks on the on the on the glasses and he looks at this lady and he did something like you're one other. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a, oh, I love that movie. So, yeah, that's my number two. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, you know, David Icke references that movie. You've heard of the conspiracy theorist David Icke. He, 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 basically, he basically believes that all, all you know, politicians and the... Uh, and, and the royal families of the world are actually the, uh, the political sock puppets of some interdimensional beings sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And, um, he, you know, when, when he talks about this uh, theory um, or, or whatever, he, al he always references they live <laughs> as a, you know... <laughs> That's a great... I, I think it's... Um... It's a John Carpenter movie too, I think. It is, yeah. It, it, it yes. is, and it's also got Keith David in it as well. Another great mm. actor, you know. He's also oh. in the uh, in in the thing and yes. uh, and a ton of other movies. And um, I've actually interviewed him on one of the past episodes of SFP now. So, cool. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. that, that's going back, yeah. So, um, 
So we're ready for my number two. Ready for your number two? Yeah, are you guys ready? My sure. number, my number two villain or bad guy isn't really necessarily a person. It's actually the poltergeist yeah, from yeah. the movie Poltergeist. I mean, yeah. you know, the, you imagine, you know, the, the, you know, can you imagine that sort of thing happening to you, sort of thing. <laughs> you know, it's just scary as hell. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, it's like uh, politicians or religious people knocking on your door. You know, it's like they're back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's all like it was. It was. Um, I remember seeing that movie the first time, and you know, thinking I've never even looked at my television the same way since. <laughs> mm. um, but then I remember seeing this sort of like uh, documentary about um, an actual poltergeist happening to real people, and I thought this has got to be faked. <laughs> You know, it's just, you know, it, it, it is a good movie, but it's kind of like, uh, it kind of makes you wonder if there, there actually is such a thing as, as Poltergeist, you know, it's, you know, it's so like, it's so convincing, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, as, as two people that are part of a team for the whole uh, ghost hunting thing, I can I can tell you firsthand that most, most of the stuff, even the stuff that you see that's supposed to be real on TV uh, for ghost hunters, a lot of it's, it's all fake because, you know, it's all, you know, um, they want to get results right away and everything. And, and a lot of their methods can be proven, disproven pretty easy. Um, a lot of it, you know, if you get if you get any kind of proof for finding like any kind of a ghost or anything, very soft. And it's and it's it's like going into the woods and trying to find a deer. I mean, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna find it every single time. And it's it's very rare when it happens. Well, in the age of digital technology, it's very it's a very hard field mm. because anything that you can bring forward as evidence can be questioned yeah. really yeah. yeah and can be fake did you yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i mean you know it's like when we were on the third episode of um, curse of both island which is that was, that was actually quite fun <laughs> yeah and, yeah, and but, this is uh, the first time watching you plug that show uh, you know <laughs> oh, uh, because you, you, <laughs> you know <laughs> because i think you I think he was only. I, I don't think you'd actually done that at um, at the point in which you, you was uh, you recorded the uh, last one of these with us. No, we didn't. No. You know? Uh, we were in the pilot. We were supposed to be just in the promo, and that actually, and it was actually the promo that sold the show. And, and we we're put in kind of like last minute, the third episode of the first season. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, yeah. So we've got two two major celebrities on here with us today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of cool that we can, you know, that we have friends that, you know, that own the island and, and we can go out, you know, here and there and, and uh, you know, but, but with us, it's it's more, you know, what we get out of going on the island and doing all that. I mean, Oak Island's world famous and everything, but what we got out of it, it was, was the friendship. We found the real treasure. Yeah, we found the real treasure. We, we found we found friends, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, while we're on the uh, subject of friends, on to my number two uh, hero, um, mm-hmm. and this is one I'm kind of surprised you guys haven't come up with it, uh, Ben Hanser from Night of the Living Dead. Um, I mean, not, uh, only, yeah. Yeah. not only was he one of the first African-Americans to play a lead mm-hmm. in an otherwise white cast, he also happened to be one of the most likeable and resourceful survivors in mm-hmm. any zombie apocalypse. 
and ends up meeting a legendary sticky end but you know but pretty much for the whole of the film you know you, you can't help but root for him you know which kind of makes the yeah, end all that more tragic that's my that's my number two is okay answer. so are we down to number one number one yes. well my number one even though I didn't want to for Sean's bubble uh, uh, from my number one is Pinhead I'm a huge Clive Barker fan and I think Pinhead will always be my number one Doug Bradley is an amazing you know brings life breathes life into this character who you know is going to tear your soul apart and I just, I, I absolutely, and then when, you know, you, you dive into, I think probably the second or third movie, it dives into more of the story, the background story of the Cenobites, and, mm. um, but yeah, just total badass, like, you don't want to come across Pinhead ever, mm -hmm. except on our coffee table, because he's there as a decoration for Halloween. <laughs> Pinhead is my number one bad guy. Although I kind of struggled with that, because um, you know I was I was gonna pick the sharks from Sharknado. Oh, don't don't I love Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got I've actually got on my TiVo right now, and I've not watched it yet. Is Sharknado Hell No the, the last one that they did? I've not seen it yet. I'm I'm kind of like. Classic. It's just so horrible, and I mean, you can just sit and tear it apart, but it's just so much fun. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not not really horrible as such. It's just stupid. <laughs> 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 All right, so my number one good guy, Eric okay. Draven. Oh, oh good one. Crow. Yeah, the crow. crow. Yeah, Brandon Lee, um, taken from this life way too soon. Um, but you know, comes is is brought back to avenge his death and and the death of his wife, and oh, it's just oh, it's a brilliant movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's a ring good one. I've got that movie on Blu-ray. I thought we had it. I was going to watch it the other day again because I like to watch it around Halloween, and um, I can't find it. I'm wondering actually if maybe we lent it out to somebody, and if we lent you the the crow, could you please give it back if you're listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Over to you for your number one and my number two. Good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know your number two? I know. Good guy's gonna be saying my number one. Good yeah. guy. Uh, my number one bad guy, and it's it's not really because I think he's actually totally bad. It's just really it's, it's the memory I have, and really I could have put some of the char other characters in that movie down lower for, with that reason. Um, but it's Michael Myers from from Halloween, uh, played by Nick Castle, nineteen seventy eight. Oh um, come on, Sean, he's not a bad guy. He's just misunderstood. Understood, dude. He's just misunderstood. Yeah, that's right. All right, let it go. It, yeah. He would have just been about to sell some girl guy cookies. He would have been all right. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got a great line in ski masks, you know? Yeah. No, he's hockey masks. Exactly. You, know? Um, you know, the mask, everybody knows it was William Shatner, the mask of William Shatner. Um, My so stepfather. Your stepfather, yeah. Mm -hmm. When they spent a lot of time watching Star Trek growing up. Um, but yeah, I, I remember it, it's the memories I have because it's the very first time in that movie, we were actually, uh, had a sister that, that was renting a place right off a lake and the place was, you know, rumored to be haunted and there was actually some, you know, I could tell some ghost stories with that place because I've experienced a few things that happened there. But, um, we were, we were watching that movie and we started, you know, hearing some footsteps up on the roof. This roof was kind of flat as if somebody walking up there. We ran inside and there was like nobody there and we came back in and then like, Halloween's playing, and you know, and you, you and then you turn around, and you watch the rest of Halloween, and you're scared shitless. And it was just like the whole experience, and one of the reasons why I picked it's a Michael creepy Myers. movie, anyways. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so so, so, so my so number I'm... one good guy. 
which is number Linda's number two good guy, mm-hmm. which is Ash, played by Bruce Campbell. Well, that's and actually my number one good good guy. So <laughs> that's your number one. Too? <laughs> <laughs> What's my number one? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, um, and it's good, good to end it off this way because you know, we we know with the whole you know Ash versus the Evil Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? It's Showtime, is it? Or um, it's going to be on Stars and it's going to premiere on Halloween. And uh, I can tell you now, if you're a fan of the Evil Dead movies, don't miss this because it's absolutely brilliant. I've actually seen the first two episodes. Yeah, you've been you've been lucky enough to get the screeners. Yeah, you know, and um, it comes with a brilliant pop-up book as well. And, um, you know, a glossy colour book of the uh, characters and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I was quite thrilled when I got that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's cool because, uh, you know, um, a lot of people say that they like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, you know, better. But with me, Army of Darkness is hands down one of oh, my favourite movies. Movie, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you, you can tear that, that movie all apart and everything, but man, it's oh man. It's fun. It's, it's one of the most funnest movies you're, you're ever going to, you know, yeah, it's, fun it's the one-liners. It's all the one-liners and all the shit he gets away with. You just wouldn't get away with talking to women like that in real life. <laughs> Which makes him so much more of a hero. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, kind of like a pocketbook guide uh, for the teenage boy of what not to do. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, what, what was it when, she, when the girl... And, uh, you know, his love interest in the movie turns turns evil. She's like, you know, you loved me once. And he's like, honey, you got real ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, in in the um, in the new series that's coming out, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I will say that you know the one liners are still there and the you know the wit's still there. But um, what I will say right now is that it's 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 made it's set after the Evil Dead Two. I think they kind of like disregarded the, um, the the third movie for the for the sake that's of the series bad. continuity. That's too bad. Um, yeah. But you know, it's I mean, it's I mean, still I mean, funny. Army, Army of Darkness actually regarded some of the Evil Dead. For continuity too, really. Mm. So you know, yeah, you know, I, I kind of love the I love Army of Darkness because of the whole our fairy, and it's kind of like a, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court gone completely and utterly insane. Mm. <laughs> you know, but um, I'm looking forward to the series, and that that's your good guy, and that's Linda's number two. Right? Yeah, so, it happens so to you be in... have your number one bad guy, and number one. Well, we already know what your number. Well, one we already know what my number one is, so we'll just go straight to my number one bad guy, and it's actually a common theme in eight and the two chainsaws. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because my number one bad guy is a uh, Neverface from the uh, Texas uh... Chainsaw Massacre. See now, I just, that movie just creeps me out. <laughs> <laughs> It's supposed to. <laughs> it's supposed to. It's, a, it's like yeah, a... It's a whole different level of creepy. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like the whole incestuous family sort of thing. Yeah, that's so <laughs> It's like the whole I redneck like thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of creepy stuff going on in that film. <laughs> And oh, yeah. you know, even the first series, even the first series episode of Torchwood kind of tips its hat to it. You know, it's like kind of like one of these films that's all like it's always been prevalent. And the funny thing is, I never actually got to see it until I was sort of like about you know in my twenties or something. Yeah. Because it was actually banned in this country, and mm-hmm. I finally got to see the original seventy-four version of it when Channel Four did a season of banned movies and shown them all. 
and you know, and I remember seeing him. Thought, damn, you know, Linda's right. It was creepy. Yeah. It was well, also a lot of people don't realize too that the, the person that actually did the voiceover for that was John Lorquette, mm-hmm. that was from Nightclub. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was the one yeah. who did the voiceover for it. So you never think about because you, you think of John Lorquette and Nightclub and comedy and everything, but yeah, he was the one, one that uh, did the voice. The well, and I think voiceover. too, you know, if you're kind of like doing like a road trip and you know you kind of take a like if you, these movies like there you kind of take a wrong turn and you get lost and you you don't know where you're going and you know it's like i think that kind of you know it's it's always in the back of your head but, you know are you going to come across leatherface and his family you know but speaking of that there would without without texas chainsaw massacre there'd be no movies like wrong turn mm. you know yeah you See, know. I, I liked wrong turn i just didn't like it <laughs> They should make a, a movie called Right Turn, where you take the right turn and then you show up and they got bouncy, puppies and unicorns bouncy, and bouncy castles. castles. Yeah. 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 Right Turn. Mm-hmm. Right Turn. Well, yeah, the, uh, you know, the, it was kind of like the, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first slasher movie, and really the uh, movie that kind of opened up for sort of like films that take things too far, such as Hostel and so. Uh, and I haven't seen that. I've heard enough about it that I don't think that my mind could even go down that path. Yes. It's basically torture porn. It's kind of it's like a whole new genre of, of horror films. It's just ridiculous. I agree because I, I like a movie that can actually just naturally scare you without throwing like Jaws, like the unseen. Yeah, like Jaws. It's, it's yeah. you know yeah you see blood and get on and everything, but it's not it's not about you know panning away from the guy that's grabbing a bucket of blood and throwing it all over the place, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know it's it's I don't I don't think like, like we used it the whole torture porn thing. It's like if that's your thing and you want to watch that, well then that that's fine. But I just like a, a movie that just naturally scares you. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're at the end of all our picks. We are, and we're actually on to the uh, game time now, which is a. Uh, this is just for you and Lin- you, you, you and Linda no, to I'm say. Not okay. I'm not um, <laughs> so, so, I guess it's just me doing it. It's only it's only one game. You can, so basically, it's um, the idea is um, it's phone message. Uh, from your favourite horror villain, and it's called Leave Your Message After the Screams. Cool. <laughs> Linda's not playing this, so I'm not playing it because I've already played it on one show already and I've got nothing else <laughs> to contribute to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that Sean's pretty keen to do something with Pinhead, so. Okay. You have reached the home, Pinhead, in the Cenobites. We have such sights to show you. We'll tear your soul apart. Well, we're not home right now, so if you could please leave a message after the beat, we'll get back to you right away. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's actually good. I think I think you I think you're gonna have to use that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you should actually put that in your own answer phone. I <laughs> should. Um, okay. You have reached the home of Freddy Krueger. I can't come to the phone right now because I had an itchy ass and forgot I was still wearing the glove. <laughs> Hang out, Mr. Kruger. <laughs> this is Ian from Nazitifs of Us. Your prescription for super strength Nazitifs are now in. They're designed to blow your ass right off. That's actually a really good note to end the show, and I think. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so, um, you know, just a quick plug. Um, if you're in the States um, and you've got stars, um, check out Ash vs. Evil Dead on Halloween night. And that's the end of the horror f- show for this year, the um, Halloween special. Um, thanks to uh, Sean and Linda for taking part again. Let's go, Pa! We want to get to the cemetery before all the good spots are taken. 